Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This podcast is brought to you by StarCharge, the largest EV charging manufacturer in the world, and is also a provider of residential and commercial battery storage and microgrid solutions. And KimPower, the reliable, quick, and scalable EV charging solutions for everyone and everywhere. What a week we've had, ladies and gentlemen. We've seen a lot of EVs come onto the market, onto the roads over the last few years, but very few have been as controversial, as question-provoking, or as anticipated as the Tesla Cybertruck. And we finally got our hands on not just one, not two, but actually we're in the presence of five Cybertrucks in Austin, Texas, just last week. Welcome back to the Out of Spec podcast. I'm your host, Francie, and today I'm joined by Kyle, out-of-spec leader and champion, Colton, the man with the laser-focused eyes for detailing from out-of-spec detailing, and Brandon, a.k.a. Tesla Flex, our resident Gen Z TikTok extraordinaire. Thank you all for joining me. We're gathering virtually, but it was really great to spend some time with y'all in person down in Texas with the Cybertrucks and really just have a ball you know, driving them around, experimenting, testing, all that stuff. So I'd love to set the t- set the scene for our audience because we as a team, as I'm sure you too, Brandon, uh, have been patiently awaiting the chance to get our hands on a Cybertruck and to really review it, to use every minute we have to drive, detail, explore, record, test our experience with this EV. And finally, we got to do it. But how did we get to do this? Of course, these weren't media cars. Tesla didn't offer these to us as often happens. And then we're able to use them for a long time and however we want. But actually, these were customer-owned Cybertrucks. Like I said, there were five. So let's start out with how this really unfolded. Kyle, can you help me paint the picture? When did you get the notion that you would have a Cybertruck in your hands? Well, actually, even rewinding back before that, Brandon and I had the opportunity to test Model 3 Highland together. We were like the first content creators, especially from the U.S., that had the opportunity to 
test and review the Highland and he made TikToks and videos and I made videos with it and that worked out great. And we're actually like neighbors anyway. And, you know, the thing that I love about Brandon's content is, yeah, it's Tesla focused, of course, but he's not like everything is rainbows and roses in the Tesla world. That's pretty realistic as to the experience. So I was like, okay, uh, we talked during the Highland stuff that we're like, dude, we really got to get a freaking Cybertruck. We have to be first. There's no way, there's no option. So of course, as the Cybertruck launched, there was, you know, three or four media. Sandy uh, had some stuff. Haggerty uh, had some stuff. MKBHD and Top Gear had their, uh, you know, sort of initial reviews. All of the Cyber Beast, uh, by the way. And then, you know, Tesla, Colton and I went, and, and Brandon, we all went to the uh, Tesla delivery event, the Cybertruck delivery event in Austin. And we were really hoping to be able to drive one or really even sit in one. And there was just no opportunities to get any meaningful coverage. So uh, Brandon and I were talking, we're like, okay, who, however we find a Cybertruck first, we're going together. And we're like, okay, this is, this is great. So um, a few weeks go by, I think it's got to have been a month after the de- first delivery event where they did those tri-motor deliveries. Um, we start seeing um, some posts of Cybertrucks getting delivered, some uh, folks that are, are starting some Twitter and YouTube channels around them and just some more buzz that it's like, okay, these are actually getting delivered. And it sounds like Almost all of them are being delivered to employees. Very, very, very few are delivered to regular customers. Those that are, again, not close to the customer. I guess those that are close to the company, famous folks or whatever, friends of Elon and family and others influential got some trucks early. But uh, for the most part, it was just employees. And uh, some employees reached out and offered, said, hey, we can do a thing. Uh, but you can't say anything bad about the Cybertruck. And I'm like, well, that's just like not how we roll. Sorry, I'm not going to go and just make a fluff piece to promote your YouTube channel, basically. And I'm just like, that's that's not, you have to be transparent to your audience. You have to be fair to everyone. I'm like, that's just not how we do business. Uh, we do business by um, having no financial incentive to review a vehicle. And it has to be, uh, you know, t- totally, you know, as is. And it's like, I'm not out to make the Cybertruck look bad, but I don't want that restriction. I think we can all agree that that would have been silly if we took it up. So I thought, okay, maybe I turned down my first opportunity to drive a Cybertruck and do all that stuff. But at least I know we'll be fair to the audience when I have an opportunity. And it was only maybe a week or two after that, that I then, um, commented on a Twitter post that uh, someone said they took delivery of their Cybertruck. It looked like it was a content creator. And I said, hey, maybe I can test your truck or something like that. And they never actually responded, but uh, someone else did. And this is our friend, Ben. And Ben responded and said, hey, I've got a truck. Come on down and do whatever you want with it. And I'm like, you know, just so you know, like I'm not here to like make the truck look good. Like I think it's going to be cool. But there's also going to be stuff that it's not good at. He's like, you know what? No, no, I'm not here to influence your coverage in any way, and you can go for it. And he was in the process of of leaving the company, and so uh, you know, not not an employee, uh, you know, now not an employee, I should say. And so basically, he said, yeah, go for it, do whatever you want with the truck. So that worked out. Great. And in the middle of these conversations, uh, Brandon was over at my house because he was picking up the, my dad's Model X to make some videos with. And I'm like on the phone and I'm like, I'm like, oh, testing your Cybertruck. So like Brandon could hear it. And he's like, what, what's, what's going on with that? And I'm like, all right, I'll, I'll give you the plan. 
So we came up with a plan that we would go to Austin, Texas to test this truck. The only thing Ben asked for, he's like, hey, if you just have a car, I can borrow while you're borrowing mine. I'm like, well, that's that's about the easiest transaction ever. <laughs> so I was like, okay, you can have the Model X. We'll take your Cybertruck. And that's that's how it all kind of happened from our side. I drove down with the Model X and the trailer. My friend Andreas came with me. And um, we had a great, uh, great road trip on the way to Austin. So, Brandon, how did the Turo situation come about? Because I think originally we were all just planning on using Ben's truck. But, but how did that all happen? Yeah, so I saw someone post about the like only Cybertruck or something on Turo, and I was I just like went and checked it out because I was like, there's no way that like this is actually someone's Cybertruck is labeled as a Model X. Like they're trying to scam. So I like looked into it and I saw the listing. It looked like it was just like the account was created in December 2023, like brand new everything, no previous rides. So I just said like screw it. And I just rented it for two days just to see what happened. I messaged the person on Turo. I was like, hey, like, this is what I'm going to do with it. Like, I saw you have all these restrictions, but, like, I'm just going to be literally making, I don't know, informational videos about it. And they're like, yeah, all right, sounds good. Just, like, let me know if you need anything. And I taught him how to use, like, adding people to the app because he didn't know how to do that. I was like, oh, no, just click through here. And everything was pretty short, straightforward. And all an employee, up. right? Yeah, he was an employee. I think him and his wife are running it. Okay, weird. Don't know. So I guess there's, I mean, I think the big question was, are employees allowed to do things with Cybertrucks? And the answer seems extremely unclear. Mm -hmm. That was a common theme running through our experience. With all of the Cybertrucks we had access to, each employee or each person that had them, all employees were all like a little cagey about something like, you know, don't, don't show my address or like, don't show the VIN or don't, you know, like, and I'm like, look, I'm fine working around whatever restrictions people need for them to be comfortable. As long as we have free reign to review the truck and no one says like, you can't like something broke and you can't report it because your cyber truck did break Brandon, (laughs) like (laughs) pretty badly, but we figured out the cause. It was a weird glitch. We'll get into that. And like my cyber truck had a vibration and Colton's tonneau, cover wasn't working perfectly but it actually wasn't that bad and so like they all had little bugs mm-hmm. yeah so that was like a general theme that ran through our week was that there's a general anxiety from the owners being tesla employees not really sure what they could do with technically their property uh so they definitely have some tesla rules uh, we know about the the one that you can't sell your Tesla or your Cybertruck within a year of buying it, right? And we're still like, does that apply to just employees? Is that the general public? Seems like that would be hard to enforce. And then, of course, can they work with people like us? And if they can, then how can they work with people like us? But like you said, Kyle, and it was kind of, they were, they felt awkward. They were kind of having to navigate. I don't want to get in trouble with my job, but I like, I like out of spec and I like Brandon and I want to work with them or Turo, you know? So it was kind of an interesting thing, but we did manage to do a lot, but we did have to cram as much work as we could into the few hours that we had these trucks with also the willingness of the owner. So that was definitely something that we all experienced during this time. And so we've accounted for, so Kyle had a cyber truck, Brandon got a hold of one on Turo, and then we'll go to that experience as well. But Colton, you also traveled down to Austin with Brandon, and uh, you were coming to what? Have your own third Tesla Cybertruck. So tell me a little bit about that. 
Yeah, so I was originally planning on actually being down there. Kyle's like, hey, you got to come down. I think this was Friday. I ended up getting there Wednesday. And in the midst of this, over the weekend, I received a DM from the Cybertruck that I ended up working on. And he said, got to be honest with you, man, I am sick of these fingerprints already. Do you have anything that works? And I said, hey, I'm actually headed down there on Wednesday. Uh, What do you think about, you know, I can test some products on it. And he goes, it's an open book. You can have it for an entire day. You can do whatever you want with it. And then, you know, once we got really into it, that wasn't necessarily the case, but I was able to go down there and have it for an entire day on my own, which was super, super cool. And I'm glad because, you know, Brandon and Kyle were both out testing. Kyle's up at four in the morning doing range tests and Brandon's truck was having issues. It was stuck at the service center. So it actually worked out in our favor to have all of these trucks around. But man, oh man, what a story we created this week. Yes. Yeah, I think, I think you know, just t- finishing up on this general anxiety point, I think a lot of us were promised, like, yeah, do whatever you want with a truck. And I certainly just did that. But then, like, also some people were like, oh, you know, I don't actually want you to do this thing. Uh, so, you know, it, this is the, the part where it's just nice to get media cars sometimes where the manufacturers just, like, tear it up and give it back with no tires. And, um, you know, that's, that's definitely not the case. Like I'm getting Ben a second set of tires. Not that he asked for it, but I just, you know, we drove the truck hard and we used definitely some measurable amount of wear. So I was like, you know what, we'll, we'll get you a set of tires, uh, just, just to be fair. And, uh, you know, these, these are the things that you do when you got to be first with working with a company that doesn't really work with media. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I guess we should talk about arriving. I'm really curious about the Turo situation because a lot of people thought that Brandon, you were like making this up to make Tesla look bad. But I'm like, what? Like, okay, we're we're all pretty fair and reasonable people, but I've learned that the commenters aren't always this way. So, uh, because you and Colton uh, got there together when you found the truck broken, so explain this whole thing with the Turo situation. Yeah, so basically we had a pair the phone key to the car so we walked up to the car but first i had to take pictures of the car just like regular turtle stuff when you're renting and just kind of prove that this is what it looked like when i picked it up so we got all the pictures taken and i noticed like i triggered the sentry mode and it showed the little cyber owl on there which is pretty cool and i was like oh look at that so i paired the phone key and i unlocked the doors because the key card was in the center console and the screen just like dims black it doesn't like shut to black it just like dims black like if the if you were in the car too long and it just decided to go black. It went like that. So I was like, okay, that's weird. So I like took the key card out, locked it all, unlocked it, nothing. And then I was like, oh, great. Like, <laughs> it doesn't work. And I was trying to do the, sh- the emergency shifter. And then I remember this guy told me, oh, there's a pin to drive. So I was thinking, how can I move this car without a pin? So I found out I can click the start button and that bypassed the pin. So I was able to move out of the spot with the shifter. And that was it. I didn't know how to do anything. That's the shifter up in the roof, right? Yeah. So like the emergency one. Like yeah, and with pin to drive enabled, you can't actually, you know, type the pin on the screen. So the only way to bypass is through that. So we got it moved, and then I called up the owner, and he was, like, not really sure what was going on either because I don't think anyone could have expected that. But um, we had, I think then we called Ben, and Ben helped us out. We got that all sorted out. They got a service appointment so they could go look into it. But – 
Yeah, how did you get hooked up with Ben, by the way? Because I don't think I ever made that introduction. How did that all happen? I think, what, was it you, Colton? Yep. Yeah, yeah, so Ben called me just out of the blue. I just get a random call from this number, and I pick it up, and it's, hey, it's Ben. Uh, here you're having problems with the Cybertruck. I don't know who gave him my number. Um, but, yeah, he just, like, out of the blue goes, I'll be there in 30 minutes. Send me your location. So I send it to him. And also, I do want to make it clear, Brandon, when you um, did the start button, the only way we could figure out how to do that was by using remote start via the app because none of the buttons would illuminate and press it in there because it was in emergency mode. So it wouldn't able, it wasn't able to go into drive. We spent quite a few minutes playing around with that. And finally it was like, let's try remote start. And that did kind of bypass that well and by drive. a few minutes i mean like i you were calling us and you're like our truck's dead and so we're like oh no this yeah. is like a complete brick we didn't know at the time mm-hmm. no we didn't know at all and like the lights would come on and you would sit there and kind of press them and um certain times they wouldn't even come on so it was like okay what do we even do with this thing and then we start digging a little more brandon's trying to you know two thumbs on the uh on the steering wheel there that wouldn't reset anything the rear screens on and it was like do we have a fully brick cyber truck here what is going on seems to be the pin to drive was really what was um hampering our you know ability to get it moved right away yeah yeah kind then of I, a- um, peeled the little plastic service thing off to make sure the screen was plugged in and people lost it yeah <laughs> right they're like why would you dig into a brand new or you not know. your own vehicle and try and plug it in. It's like, what? Yeah. Really I mean, yeah, you know, the owner, I was telling, like I was telling the owner what I was doing. I was like, Hey, I think like he disabled pin to drive. And then he, he disabled it after the fact, but yeah, I was just checking to make sure the screen was plugged in. Right. So you weren't just dissembling a cyber truck. You were using some, you know, context, some information that you had yeah, to I mean, make sure that. Has it. Yeah, so not that big of a deal. I'm sure we, we were all respectful with the cyber trucks that we were using because, again, like Kyle said, they weren't these media cars where they're just like, go on, do whatever you want. These were real people's, you know, cyber trucks. Yeah, we had so, to be like, hey, here's what we're doing with your truck. And here's like exactly what we're doing with your truck. Are you mm-hmm. okay with this? Right. And um, that means that we got to do some of what we planned and we didn't get to do some of what we planned. Cause like you said, Kyle, uh, some of the owners were like, yeah, come on, do whatever. And then they're like, I'm feeling a little nervous or like, uh, you know, for whatever reason, maybe don't do that, which of course we respected. So that accounts for three cyber trucks, but there's still two. So I'd love to mention that test bros G and his team with Rob and Marley came down to Austin, Texas, and they actually wrapped two Tesla cyber trucks in two days, which is very impressive. So definitely check them out. We'll put their links in the show notes. And those looked really cool. But so we got to lay our eyes on five different cyber trucks, which was cool because it wasn't just one, because of course, as you know, we'll get into in this podcast, but um, they're, they're new. They're definitely new and they feel new and they look new. And there's some tweaks here and there, which we're used to in the EV space, like when things come out, you know, there's usually something that the automaker is still working on. And we'll get into the degree of how far along we think these Cybertrucks are that are with employees. And perhaps that's why they're only with employees now or friends of the family or whatever, because there's still a work in progress. Okay. So, um, Brandon, I want to ask you a little bit, like, what was the 
the experience was overall good to rent on Turo, but also I'd love to talk about the price. Like it was a thousand bucks a day to rent this cyber truck. It, do you think that was worth it? I think it was. I mean, for what I needed to do with it, it didn't make sense to wait any longer because in the short form social media game, you kind of got to be the first or you're late. That's true. Yeah. So just throw down. Do you think that they could have charged more? Oh, yeah. I mean, they. I, I was just checking earlier. They haven't booked out till like the end of January already. They, like, they honestly should they charge someone. And someone already left another review on it. Oh, it's been wow. like two days. Wow. <laughs> yeah. It'd be 2500 bucks a day. Oh, yeah. They could get so much more from that. Well, so maybe they can't sell it, but they can surely rent it, rent oh, yeah. it out. 100 days of this and they're they're done. Wow, that's that's pretty cool. I don't think I could do that with uh, with my Subaru Outback. Um, uh, so, Kyle, of course, tons of people were looking forward to your testing. And we'll have a whole podcast that dives into the details of everything that we were able to do. And I was able, obviously, to come down and be in Austin, Texas. I already had, like, a trip planned out west. So um, I, di- I extended it and diverted it, which was really fun. I love to be love to be a part of it. And it was really exciting to work with everyone in person and also just see the Cybertruck in real life, the reactions to people. You couldn't go anywhere without getting looks. And one thing that we have kind of, I think, recognized was the comment section is a sometimes negative place, but real world, a lot more positive. People were curious. They were like, what the hell is this thing? Or they were like, I know what this is. Let me look. And um, generally like positive, curious, asking questions, but you couldn't, I don't think at this point in time, drive and own a cyber truck without getting some daily human interaction from strangers. <laughs> Am I right? I would, I would say hourly or, or even by, you know, within an hour. Yeah. Yeah. It's truly, it's, um, it, it's magnetic. I mean, it's such an odd looking thing that I think it draws people in whether or not they know it. Like we talked about some people didn't even know what it was. They didn't, they might've known that it was what it was, but they didn't know it was electric. It was just yeah. so a couple people were like, Oh, that's the bulletproof thing, but it runs on electricity. And I'm like, yeah. that's what people in Texas would care about. <laughs> even though it's not bulletproof, it's just bullet resistant. But yeah, we're, we're definitely in our niche. I think it's, it's, easy to forget that we're in our EV bubble, but some people I say EV and they're like, what does EV stand for? And I'm like, okay, let's just step it back even more. Anyways. Okay. So speaking of the opposite of that, Kyle, you of course go into these nitty gritty details of the electric vehicle and the technology. So tell me just a brief overview, general overview, because I want to dive and have a whole podcast about the testing that you were able to do in your results, but which were also kind of taken ahead of your videos coming out and published across all sorts of media outlets, which was cool. I'd love to see what you do think about that. But tell me about the charging and range tests that you were able to do with the Cybertruck, big picture overview, general impressions. So I uh, j- honestly, we approach the Cybertruck like we approach any other new electric car when we get it for testing. We want to have a full tour of the vehicle. 
before we drive it, which goes through front to back. So we have a full understanding of the static picture, you know, every closure on the vehicle, every storage, every bit of software, um, you know, really get to know a full tour. And and I do this all the time. You'll see full tour videos of ID buzz on the channel and, and EX 30 and all these other vehicles. And that's a great way for me to evaluate the, the vehicle as is without moving. And then I like to produce videos where I drive it for the first time. And it's always, I drive whatever it is for the first time. And this is where I can not give you a bunch of information about the rest of the vehicle. Cause I've already done that in the full tour. It can just be focused on, okay, button the seat, put it in drive. What happens? And we talk about them in three main areas for on-road driving, which is a, a urban driving uh, loop, if you will, a city driving experience, a highway where we test driver assistance, long distance cruising, NVH, sound system, other stuff like that, and then a canyon or a performance driving portion. And that's always, those are the three things that I do with a car, which is I'm either going to the office or going to Starbucks. I'm either cruising for a long distance on the highway or I'm shredding up a back road trying to enjoy myself, you know, after a day of shooting, whatever it is. We live in the mountains of Colorado. I go up there and I hit Risk Canyon from time to time, and it's a great place to go for a quick blast. And it's important that the cars handle all of those well. So that's where we test all the driving stuff. And beyond just the the car and the driving, we like to see what is what is the maximum capabilities of the vehicle. And that would be a range maximum capability and we run every vehicle at 70 miles an hour because it's repeatable in different parts of the world and things like that we just always settled on 70 and we charge up every electric vehicle to 100 percent in a standardized test and we run it to zero and we're actually going to be uh, running them all to completely dead going forwards because some people say the range test stops when you're at 10 percent. some people say when you get off the highway some people say when it indicates zero miles some people say it's when it can't maintain 70 and some people say it's when you completely stop so we're just going to go until we completely stop and everyone can choose their own ending point at that at that point. And that way, you know, it, everyone's happy. That's really the only solution I can find. And I ran the Cybertruck until it completely stopped moving. We had to tow it to the charging station. That was really interesting because, um, again, we have a whole live stream of that as well as a, a video that's been published already, an edited video. And uh, like the steering got heavy. But what, why? Because it's not connected. That's weird. Is it just to simulate what happens to a normal car when it's in the accessory mode? All the things we would have never thought about, um, you know. I, and so that's that's part of the testing. I've also done charging logs from zero to one hundred percent, where we look at the performance of the charging curve. Now, I believe this podcast will go up before our charging one. I actually have our charging video done, but we have a sponsored video that has to go up tomorrow, so it's getting pushed today. But don't worry, that will go up with all of the logs and all of the other vehicles to compare it to. So I'm excited to share that one. And then uh, we did some other videos for fun. We tested, uh, did a quick impression video uh, where we literally did it right before Brandon had to return his Turo truck. The last 20 minutes we had the vehicles where we lined up a R1T, a a F-150 Lightning, and the Cybertruck. And we basically run around to all three trucks looking at frunk uh, interior in terms of front seat, back seat, and bed 
And in the middle, talking about just my driving impressions, the impressions of the trucks, the efficiencies, which I would choose, uh, and all of those things. So I think that'll be a fun video for everyone who hates the super long, two-hour long video. Because I can make that a 10-hour video. No problem. That's easy. Uh, But for everyone who hates the super long videos, this is just me talking through all of the experiences I've had with all three trucks. And then we did another one, uh, which that one might even go up first before that, but this is like sort of a answering all your cyber truck questions and just little things that we found out about it that aren't worth doing a whole video on. Like if you hold the high beam button, the low and the high beam button stay on. So you get a boost uh, or charging. We charged a model X with the onboard uh, power conversion system of the cyber truck through the NEMA 1450 outlet. And uh, we did little things with steer by wire that like you wouldn't expect. So yeah, just, just lots of little stuff uh, all crammed into one video, kind of convoluted. But um, yeah, so that was it. And I think that's all the videos we got. I really wanted to do a towing. We had a whole day booked for towing, by the way. We had a Lightning and a Rivian and the Cybertruck ready to do tow comparisons. We had an Airstream. We had a car hauler and we had a camper, uh, you know, a traditional camper all lined up for tow testing. This is what happened. One of our, you know, the guy we were borrowing the truck from basically had a thing at that time with Tesla and got a little nervous and was like, Hey, I got to figure some stuff out. I kind of need my truck back. And, you know, of course we didn't push it. We're just like, no problem. We'll bring it back and we'll do tow testing with the nether owner who's comfortable with us using their truck for that. So, you know, I have to apologize for that. We, we brought, I drove a trailer all the way down. Uh, like we had everything lined up and we just weren't able to do it. And unfortunately, Brandon's Turo person was like, you can't tow with it. So, you know, we're not going to push anything here. And, and Colton's guy didn't want to leave in the driveway. So we, again, restrictions all around. Um, and so we did our best. We did, weren't able to get a towing thing. I'm just a, as disappointed as as the next person because we had it planned. We had it agreed upon, but it just didn't work. And that's okay. Yeah. You know, things happen. We were still able, you know, we're still great friends uh, and, and we'll maybe be able to do it now, actually, um, that, that uh, he's no longer working for Tesla. So perhaps there's more opportunities there. However, uh, just at the time, bad timing and, uh, you know, is what it is. So that's everything we did. Did you have mm-hmm. other questions about all that? Well, yeah, thanks for pointing out what we weren't able to do. And um, I, I think I just also want to harp on everyone listening, everyone who enjoys the videos or watch them like so like many, many long hours went into what we could do with the Tesla Cybertruck. This was all like super last minute you know, working with the generosity of other people. So we'd love to thank everyone involved. And maybe we'll go through the list of everyone to thank at the end of this video. But, um, you know, just it, it was fun. It's not always perfect, but watching these guys work and being a part of that, especially as like a newcomer to the scene, I just got to commend everyone for the really hard work that they've done to really, I don't know, investigate this really curious EV that has come onto the market. Uh, Kyle, one thing that you didn't mention was that, of course, this was really highly anticipated. And I think that once you got, when people heard that you had it, they were like, ooh, we're going to see some results soon on the real, you know, functionality of this EV. And, you know, you live streamed the range test. You didn't give out any hard numbers at the end of that. You were like, I'm going to save that for my video so I can explain all the great details that go into that. But um, there were headlines that made it out before your video. So what do you feel about that? I got to ask. 
Well, um, okay, so yeah, po I need to be a bit more careful with the live streams, of course. No, by the way, no one's posting like EV9 results before my main video goes up. So you know, <laughs> this is like, obviously, people are just out to get Tesla in the coverage. And certainly, like, I'm the first one to point out Tesla's got an issue. Don't get me wrong. I've, I've made all the negative videos about them and all the frustrations, but also all the love for the products and, and for the cars that I own as well. So, you know, I, I try to say we're a little bit more fair than most because we have no agenda. <laughs> none of us own, well, it, maybe Brandon does, but I don't know, but none of us own Tesla stock. We're not out here to like, you know, influence the company or influence stock prices or anything like that. So ultimately, um, the, the range test did what it did. That, that is a test where I have no influence in the vehicle. That is just charge up a car, drive at 70. I, what I can do is, is arrange the testing procedures so it's fair, which is we need to end close to where we started so that we don't have a big uphill or we don't have a big downhill. It counteracts itself. And I also chose to stay up through the middle of the night because that's when we had the least amount of wind. I had to choose between a lot of temperature and, or sorry, uh, yeah, warmer temperature, but with a lot of traffic and a lot of wind or no traffic and no wind with a slightly lower temperature. And I spoke to some engineers that I know, and we talked about the efficiency of Tesla's thermal systems. And we said, okay, even if it's a really cold day to a really warm day, the heat pump might make a 5% impact, whereas wind can make a bunch more. And, um, you know, th there's a whole bunch of other variables that went into that. So we said, okay, this night is the best night to do a range test. What happened right after the range test was it got really foggy because I was actually going to do a 10% challenge to simulate the road tripping range, uh, but it was impossible to drive. I was stuck. I couldn't go anywhere. I couldn't see three feet in front of the Cybertruck. The headlights were just like blinding me. So I was hosed on the 10% challenge. I left time for it. There was time for it, but the weather conditions did not allow. So then I moved on to charging and uh, that's how that all came out. But the headlines, oof. You know, I haven't read any of those articles, really. I think I read maybe one or two, but just skimming through. Look, I don't mind that people report on it. If they found it and that's, you know, through the covers, uh, through the the reading between the lines of the live stream, maybe I even said it by accident. I haven't gone back and checked. That's cool. Like, I, I don't really care. What I think is interesting is like... Um, you know, just, just call me and ask, you know, like my opinions of it or something. That's, that's cool too. Uh, and then the other side of it is, well, just use some common sense. If you're a journalist, like I did a highway range test where most vehicles that we test do not meet EPA range, pretty much all of them, except for some German ones. Um, and, but like Tesla never meets highway EPA range because that is a city and highway test. And, and honestly, we don't know if they ran the the two or five cycle in the Cybertruck. I'm guessing the five cycle, but you just never know. And Tesla sometimes changes it based on model uh, as well, just to eke out every last drop. But our vehicle was rated for 318 miles. I got 254 miles in our test. And is that surprising? No. I mean, at the end of the day, I actually thought the efficiency wasn't bad. I mean, 500 watt hour per mile, it was like 490 something. Um, but but just under 500 watt, watt hour per mile, just over two miles per kilowatt hour. This is a vehicle that's bigger than the Rivian. It's running on 35-inch all-terrains. It's got a much more usable bed than the Rivian, no question. That thing is huge. And, um, you know, it's not quite as big as a Lightning. Now, if we want to talk about the Cybertruck in comparison to the other vehicles, we really can't use this test as a way to measure efficiency. So what we need to do and what we will do as soon as possible is line all three up in Colorado 
and do a full range test because that's really the only way to do this. So, um, yep, that's coming, coming as soon as we can. Yeah. We're going to need three diesel trucks lined up for that. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Running them till they die. But, uh, you know, I think we need to come up with like, we need to find an oval or a testing loop somewhere where we can do this off the roads because yeah, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm just running them till they die. Oof. It's kind of tough to coordinate the end on the side of the highway. Yeah, and I'm sure people have problem with that. Like, is it that safe to run it to zero? If you know you're running it to zero, you're going to run out. Either way, maybe we have a Google Maps satellite view someone who will look for ovals in the Colorado area and try to help us pin that down. But, yeah, that yeah. would be cool. But I, ultimately, yeah. like, I just think journalists should should try and paint a more... Like what, what? Even if a result's good or bad, I always try to put it in context when I can. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like a lot of people are just like, it didn't match EPA, Cybertruck sucks. And I'm like, right. no one expected it to match EPA. <laughs> and as we see consistently in this space, misinformation is, is I mean, it's really common. It, and But people are getting more and more of an idea of how EVs really work, how you can adopt them into your life and more like that. But um, yeah, I'd say reach out to the Outaspect team if you have questions. We're, we're pretty open about answering them. So, uh, Kyle, yeah, would love to guide, like go into those details in another podcast. So thanks for that big overview. Colton. Now, of course, when you just look at the Cybertruck, you're like, this is different. Not only the shape, but the material. It is this unique stainless steel. And we have a whole podcast about your detailing experience. So everyone stay tuned for that. Um, Because there has been a lot of questions from my own family, from everyone on the internet. How the hell are you going to clean this thing? Uh, What about fingerprints? How do they make it? Uh, All this stuff. It's really unique. Um, I want to know your, how, so you got in touch with someone who was like, yeah, come detail my Cybertruck. The fingerprints are really bothering me, but you didn't really know where to start, right? So where did you start? What happened? What was your detailing experience in Austin, Texas? Well, it was interesting. And that's the word I use throughout the whole video series that I did. Very (sighs) interesting. Yes. So before (laughs) anybody comments, yes, I'm making fun of myself too. I watch back those videos and just go, dude, what are you doing? Um, So the planning was so tight on this. I had literally about, I guess, give or take two to three days to put everything together gather all the products, figure out what I'm doing. Now, I originally had spoke with the customer and thinking we were going to take it to where G was actually wrapping all the Cybertrucks. I'm like, great, there's a pressure washer there. There's, you know, space I can work indoors. And then the day before I get, hey, I'm not really comfortable with the truck moving. Do you mind working at the house? And I'm thinking like, okay, this is going to be even more of a challenge do you have space inside? Yep. No problem. Got a garage space. I roll up the morning of, and the truck is hanging literally uh, a quarter of it is hanging out of the garage. And I'm going, okay, uh, this is going to be very tricky to deal with. Um, and there's no lighting inside. Of course, I don't expect this to be a detail shop. It's a gentleman's garage that he lent this thing out. I'm not complaining here. I'm just giving some color on what I had to go through here. Being on the road as a detailer is 
tricky to say the least. So I actually ended up packing about, I think, 25 different 16-ounce bottles with me in a carry-on size bag that I put underneath the plane, of course. I took with me ceramic coatings. I took a bunch of towels. And then once I got down there, after we dealt with the whole Brandon's truck not you know, starting fiasco, I had to go gather up as much products as I could. So I went to Costco, got a bunch of towels. I think I bought like 72 towels. Then I went to Target. Oh, I'm sorry, Colton. Yes. We brought up uh, Brandon's truck not working. We did get it working. I just yes, wanted to of course. We, we, we figured, and, and we'll, we'll talk about that in a moment, but I just, I don't want to paint the, it does work. Yes. Yes, it does work. Just me saying the fiasco was, took it to the service center, had to wait a bit of time. It took a lot longer than I think we anticipated. Then I went to Target and picked up all of the household cleaners that the, you know, everybody has beat been DMing me, commenting, you got to use this cleaner, you got to use that cleaner. So I picked all of those up. I showed up the next morning and I just started testing and I will be the first to tell you my first initial, I have to get this thing clean was very imperfect. The hose was about six feet long, would not even come close to reaching the cyber truck. So I'm kind of like, I, I don't know what to do here. I need to film this video. It was a very imperfect test. Um, I will be the first one to say that. And once we get one in the shop, I'll do it properly. You know, foam cannon, pressure washer, all of the stuff and really put it to the test. After that, I think everything else I'm pretty happy with, um, you know, testing everything from detail sprays to household cleaners to sprayable ceramic coatings, waxes, full-on ceramic coatings. I even tested PPF to see how that looked on it. And the results completely and absolutely blew me away with the truck. The stainless is like nothing I've ever even dealt with. It is not like your refrigerator. If you say it is, believe me, it is not even close to that. It is totally, totally different. Yeah. And we won't spoil, you know, what you found to work through your experimentation, but it was uh, really interesting to hear about your process of basically trial and a lot of error. And then you had to get creative, which uh, I love. So I, I love picturing also, I saw your suitcase, just all those bottles <laughs> rolling through the conveyor belts at the airport and under the plane. And finally, you figured out something that kind of worked pretty well um, that we'll we get into in the podcast, but also, of course, you go through the whole process in all of your videos on the out-of-spec detailing. So I think that that was really fun and kind of, yeah, like in a fun science experiment. And it was fun to like touch my face and get oil on my hand and just put it right on there. Like you can really perfectly see my fingerprints on there. It was, it was really cool to see that different material and kind of have an idea of what owners will be dealing with and why you might want to get it wrapped like G's team was doing to just kind of avoid that. And I don't know, it's, it's definitely an interesting part of the cyber truck that I think is still to be seen, like how it'll last over time, how folks will enjoy it or not enjoy it. So that's a pretty cool, um, I don't know, just, yeah, like I said, experiment that you got to do. And it was, it was really cool to watch you. Um, you worked really hard as well, long hours, just trying everything and not having success until you did. And uh, it is kind of surprising what you found to work. Absolutely. I do want to make one quick point too, as per, you know, the whole Tesla secrecy is, I can't even explain it. Like all of the 
all of the owners of these cyber trucks were freaked out about everything. My initials, I, I laid out every single video I wanted to make from build quality analysis to testing all these different products, all were approved. And then I got there, started doing the build quality video and, you know, got talking with the guy a little bit and he got a little freaked out of pointing out certain specific issues on his truck that they could be tracked back to him. And I'm like, I'm not here for you to lose your job. You said we can come here and test this thing. I'm not going to argue with you. If you don't want that video to go up, we will find another one. Not a problem. One thing I do want to make a note of, of Tesla's PR team or lack thereof. When Brandon and I took the truck over to the service center, I spoke with a gentleman over there that was a detailer and he started saying, oh, this is, you know, very internal stuff. This is not to be mentioned. And then just spats out 25 minutes worth of information to me. They all uh, do that. They all say, oh, I'm not supposed to tell you, but like I ran into a dude at a supercharger who told me like was pulling up the VIN of the truck I was driving was like, oh, your battery was made in Fremont and you're on the Gen 2.3 4680. And I'm like, I'm like a YouTuber that's like putting, and I'm like, you're telling me I'm putting it online. Like exactly. Tesla needs some serious, I mean, yeah, it does us a disservice, but I've never seen a company that has more people willing to share more information than Tesla. It, it was literally an open book. And he went, I mean, he told me one big story that I found down there was them basically seven stage sanding the trucks when they come into the service centers. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And he just goes on this long rant about, yeah, we're doing it this way. And it, it's all in the videos. Francie and I covered it in the podcast. I don't want to take up too much of this time, but I'm just like, these guys are an open book. They're telling me everything, but then like, Hey, maybe don't say that. But it's like, it's like what are you know, we doing? Like, you're like what you tell us and we're going to share the information. That's our job. If we, if you're going to tell us something off the record, it needs to be made upfront clear. This is absolutely off the record. And I can say, I don't want to hear it at that point. But, exactly. Uh, I, I, every Tesla employee that I've talked to has always been like, Oh, by the way, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, okay, well, I'm putting that on YouTube. Yep. <laughs> like, I don't exactly. even, you know, that's just, it is what it is. I, it, they all share way too much information. It's kind of funny. Makes you, I mean, of course, we hear about the culture of working at Tesla, um, but I think that gives us some insight into what it, it kind of might be like. And, you know, you can draw your own conclusions. But, Brandon's your experience was a little bit different because it was just kind of like, all right, take it and go. I mean, you can't do X, Y, and Z, but otherwise, go for it. You are paying for it. So what was the content that you were looking to get for your audience? How did it go? And was there anything that they found, like, especially cool so far from what you put out there? So for a long form, I was doing mostly the overview review and then like some other, you know, like fun videos, like charging the Cybertruck with the Cybertruck and just like top 10 features, that kind of thing. And then a lot of short form, but I was planning to get a lot more done than I did get done because I basically lost an entire day of content. And also like before I let, do an overview on the car, I want to like actually, you know, get to know a little bit, experience it. And I couldn't really do that because the screen didn't work and that's like half the car. And then I didn't even have the car to drive around. It's kind of hard to like drive the car that you don't, that you can't see the screen. So like you're just driving a car blind for the first time. So I'd kind of missed out on that. But after it got fixed, I was able to get the overview and the review and a couple other videos done. But like the short form people are just really, 
they're calling it like a Roblox car, Minecraft car. I mean, my audience is like, I have a lot of young followers too. So it seems to resonate really well with younger generations. And that's like the one thing I've noticed is like everyone, all the kids, all, all the teens, they all love the Cybertruck, which is just a good thing for Tesla. That is cool. Um, why do you think, do you think it's like the fact that you're on TikTok, which seems to be from my experience, like going from Instagram to TikTok, YouTube, whatever, a pos more positive comment section, which you were kind of telling me about it. I feel like I'm dating myself by being so clueless about TikTok, but it, it, why do you think that it's so more positively received by that group? I think it's just because they're more open about things and they're more like, you know, it's, it's like, they see a futuristic thing and they're so used to seeing everything looks the same. So they're like, okay, this is the future. Yeah, that's cool. I think, I mean, that's a good approach is not to be so jaded about something yeah. just because it's new. Uh, and I think that's our approach too, is like objectively what's cool, what's not, what's exciting, what is kind of tricking us to think it is exciting, but is it really exciting? So that's yep. kind of cool to hear about uh, what your audience thinks. And so you did get, it, it was eventually resolved. Like we found out that the screen problem might actually, uh, well, it not only was resolved, but kind of easily resolved once we figured out what it was, yeah. but that it might be happening to other Cybertrucks. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Yeah, so it happened to me and it also happened to Ryan Shaw. And pretty much the, it was came down to the same exact thing as the glove box USB. And I've had issues with my, my model X had issues one time where it would say like not enough storage. Obviously it was empty. It just was having glitches. It would always stay on there as a warning. My model Y more recently had an issue where I was trying to like, I was just driving around, but the GPS wasn't updating. Autopilot wasn't working. And then I started uh, DMing dirty Tesla. Cause I know he had the same issue. And it was a glove box USB. I took it out, let the car go to sleep, and it fixed itself. So, I mean, just like weird little glitches, but like nothing major. So once it got resolved and I knew how to like not have it happen again, it was nice. But, I mean, for anyone that isn't familiar with Tesla like, like me, then it must be like the end of the world because they don't know what's going on. And I was like immediately thinking like, what can I do to fix this? Not like, oh, dang, I got to schedule a service appointment, which I think most people should kind of be more proactive with that kind of thing because it's kind of pointless to schedule service appointments for such tiny things. It's like a, a computer. Yeah, I've totally found that like I have, I don't know if it's like a younger person approach where like I'll just push buttons and try things until I fix whatever the problem is. Whereas like maybe people that are like my parents age are like, I don't know what's wrong. And I'm like, I don't care if I make it more wrong. I'm going to press some buttons. Uh, so like whether it's learning from the experience and having a lot of experience with Tesla's that you're like, well, I think this problem might be this or consulting the community. You were like, let's kind of take some initiative here and see what's wrong without messing anything up. Just yeah. kind of seeing what works. So you got it working again. And let's talk about driving it so we've talked about like the exterior our impressions our whole experience but let's talk about actually driving the cyber truck um i'll start you know we'll start with you brandon i also want to note that actually I no start with you you were the okay. first one of us to drive it you That's drove true. it way before me for a whole day yeah so kyle really wanted his i drive the cyber truck for the first time to truly be the first time which means we had to wait a while until after we had it. So I, I drove the Cybertruck for the first time out of these folks. So, you know, don't give up on your dreams, everyone. So it was, it was pretty cool. I've driven. So I think immediately I was like, 
Okay, this is the feel of Tesla, just from the interior, from the interface and everything, not too unfamiliar. But with the steer-by-wire, which I know everyone is really curious about, um, my brain quickly just adapted. It was like, okay, I give the input, I get this certain output. And um, I wasn't thinking too much about how little input I was giving to the steering wheel and how much turn I was getting out of the Cybertruck, um, which is something that you can see in Kyle's videos and um, everything. So definitely watch those to see. But overall, uh, I think it was, it was, you know, it's a pretty big vehicle, but it was pretty nimble as well. And uh, it was comfortable. I think there was a lot of space on the inside, super minimal. Um, I really, the sound system really bumped, which was fun. And, <laughs> oh yeah, what was that? What are you motioning? No, Kyle? I just agree. The sound system is the best part of the whole truck. I, I got the Model X and it sounded like I was listening to an iPhone speaker. It is really cool. It's got like 15 speakers or something throughout Which the cabin. Is less than the Model 3 Highland. But they're doing I mean, it right, whatever it is. It right. Yeah, I mean, it's got this giant front windshield that and dashboard that goes, you know, just deep, deep, deep. Um, and in general, it was really, it was fun to drive around. You, when you're driving this thing, you have to look out for other people, which you already should be doing when you're driving any car, anywhere, you know, you can only really trust yourself, but folks are going 70, 80 miles per hour on the highway, whipping out their smartphones to take a photo of you driving down the highway and uh, possibly swerving into you. So that's one thing. If you're going to drive something that gets so much attention is watch out because it uh, is almost unsafe for you. Uh, of course, I just drove it around the city. Um, I didn't rip it along the, you know, curvy canyon roads like uh, Kyle and Drew did. But I think it was a fine driving experience. I mean, it, it wasn't uncomfortable. It wasn't unfamiliar side by the steer by wire. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, I'll give like my final impressions towards the end of the podcast on whether, you know, I'm going to ask everyone, would you would you get the Tesla Cybertruck? But uh, over to Brandon, you did get to drive it yourself too. So how did you feel having driven, you know, plenty of Teslas before? How did this match up to what you expected? And was it cool? Did, do you think it's missing anything? What do you think? Well, honestly, I can't really say I expected what it was because, I mean, it just, it didn't feel like driving a truck. It didn't feel like I was like having to look around me constantly like I was honestly looking around more because I was like, wow, how is it actually doing? How is it actually cornering this well? And honestly, I got when we got back, like I was immediately under steering around the Model Y. And I, I just like I couldn't figure out why. And it's just because it requires so much less force because of steer by wire and the rear wheel steering. And honestly, it, it just it was really cool to drive around. And literally everyone, like no matter what, they're always staring. There's people that were almost hitting other cars in the parking lot. Like when we, when the truck was not working. People were like looking and staring and it's just everywhere. Like I was dropping it off and there was like 10 or 15 different people that walked up in that time that were all staring at it and asking questions. And I was just trying to give it back to the people on Thuro. <laughs> yeah. If you want new friends, just drive a cyber truck around because you're going to meet plenty of people. Someone almost walked into it <laughs> while we were driving it. She was just like, so shocked by it. Um, and one thing, uh, the question that I got was the suspension. I mean, it's a truck, so it's big. So how tall is it? Like, what are the dimensions? But we actually had, you know, me for scale, but someone asked about getting in and out. And I did notice that like, you know, I, it was pretty easy to get in and out of, of course, the suspension matters, but that was something that I noticed that it has, it responds really quickly when you're changing it. So uh, Kyle, speak a little bit to your 
time behind the wheel of the Cybertruck. Yeah, well, I spent two hours speaking about it. So uh, that's all on YouTube. You guys can watch it. It's cool. It's really cool. It's it's uh, uh, very nimble, like Brandon said. I mean, you get back. I got into a Rivian directly after the uh, Cybertruck because I did a side-by-side comparison. And I was like, whoa, this steering wheel stupid. <laughs> like, why do I have to keep cranking this thing? Uh, meanwhile, I've only ever in my entire life driven normal steering wheels. Um, and, and even compared to fast steering racks like Model 3 or Model Y or, or Minis or other stuff, it's just like, wow, it's Steer by wire at low speed is magical. Rear steer, I've driven plenty of vehicles with rear steer. It could use some more rear steer, and I think it will come with uh, software updates like three or three and a half degrees now, but it'll go up to 10, and I think it'll make it a lot more usable at 10. I do hope that they put a little off button for rear steer, though, because if you're on a curb, you'll like tail swing and go up and over the curb. So important to, um, yeah, I I would say have an off button for rear steer uh, in the future. Uh, also for off-roading, sometimes you, you're, you're working with minimal room and you don't want rear steer and sometimes you do want rear steer. So that was, that was it. Uh, steering, very cool at low speed suspension is not like uber duber smooth, but it's fairly smooth. I mean, it's, it's good. Rivian smoother. Lightning is smoother, uh, for cruising on the highway, driving around the city, but Tesla's always have this sporting edge to them. There's always a little bit of agile character, especially with Model 3 and Model Y. I mean, those cars have been, um, you know, by, by journalists, by driving enthusiasts, even um, ha- have been said that they're too harsh. And I agree. I think, okay, let's relax those a little bit. Tesla's always just gone a bit too sporty, which I appreciate in a performance setting, but a lot of owners don't. The Cybertruck certainly is more than livable. I I, I wouldn't complain about the suspension. Uh, and, and it does have a wide range of adjustment with the damper, and perhaps they can even have like a comfort plus mode in the future to really relax that thing and back it all down. It's all adjustable on the highway. It's great, but it doesn't have autopilot, which is a real shame. And uh, I know it'll come right with that. That's one thing. Tesla is, is uh, you know, I'm sure will code into the Cybertruck at some point, but it is true that even still today, Cybertruck owners have to steer manually. Uh, and even for lane departure, uh, which is like a, you know, sort of safety regulation thing. It doesn't push you in. If you hit a line, it beeps at you, it'll go beep, 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 but it'll, eh, and you're off the road. So you really got to, um, you know, I, I hope they, they get all that sorted very quickly. I think it could help prevent some accidents, of course. And yeah, it just seems like these are things that should be in a finished product on sale, uh, already sorted by now. And I think a lot of it has to do with the interaction of the computer system telling steer by wire what to do. Otherwise, you know, at least lane departure should work because the truck knows exactly where it is in the lanes just just move it and so there's no uh the truck is not controlling the steering in any way so it must have something to do with that steer by wire system um yeah the highway is good the efficiency is good considering it's a large truck i would say no complaints i'm sure the efficiency will get much better with the road wheels and tires which I assume will come very soon. 500 watt hour per mile at 70 or at like 550 to 590 at 80, something like that. Mm, Doable, usable, but the battery's just too small. 123 kilowatt hours in a truck does not cut it for me. I mean, that should be the small battery option. Then give me a big battery, which is a double stacker, 240 kilowatt hours. We're not messing around this. I thought the Cybertruck was going to be the step change in electric pickup trucks that everyone promised. And, oh, Kyle, don't worry. Tesla is going to totally get this one right. And it's just like, wow, it's less usable than 
a Rivian or a Lightning in terms of range and charging performance. So again, I'll run all the trucks side by side so I can quantify that for everyone. But at the end of the day, it's like not a it's it's no increase in the usability of an electric truck for truck stuff for towing over long distance. So that was a major disappointment. Truly a major disappointment for me. And then like this range extender idea that Tesla might do. I think pff, I made a whole thing about it, but I, I don't I don't like the solution. If they offer it, I'll get it, but I think it's clunky. And uh, I think there's a high chance that they may not offer it. I don't want to say they won't because I don't know. Um, but I think it's a real disappointment to Tesla engineering, uh, you know, if they do offer it in this way. It just feels very pff, lame. If people want a big battery, let them buy a big battery. That's all I got to say. Um and then in the canyons, wow, the, the the chassis is amazing, really stiff from a performance standpoint. The truck is solid. It feels like it's carved of one. It's unbelievably stiff to the point where you hear no creaks, no flexing. You throw this thing into a corner and you're like, wow, the body is locked in and then the suspension can work a little bit. Uh, and the suspension seems really nicely tuned for canyons uh, and everything like that. It kind of wants to rotate at times, uh, which is great. But the ESP is way too overzealous and just like backs, you know, typ typical ESP from Tesla is amazing. Like it's really safe. It cuts in unbelievably smoothly. It's not the end of the world, but you know, I was going through corners with my foot welded to the floor and it's like, okay, well, come on, just, just let me have some fun. And I think that's a shame because both the Rivian and the lightning let you go traction control off. And, you know, I, I even made the comment in the video that I'm like, yeah, not many people are going to drive this truck like this. You know, it's kind of silly. But actually, no, there were a lot of enthusiast drivers in the comments that are like, hey, we tow the race car to the track. We do X, Y, Z. I want a truck that I can slide around and have fun with. And it's like, yeah, Tesla, let give us something that we can back off the safety systems. You can back off the safety systems in Baja mode, uh, but the problem is the suspension's jacked all the way up and the thing is, gets really floaty when you drive it in high suspension. So you really need to slam the truck if you're going to drive it hard because it is truly capable. And then the last point I would say is where steer-by-wire falls apart is in a performance setting. It's steer-by-wire is amazing on the highway because it's no different than a normal steering at that point. You're not really turning much. And it's amazing in the city because it's so agile. But when you drive it hard on a back road, I'm talking, you know, big speeds, loading the thing up, really working it through um, the whole ratio, the weighting, the feel, it's all very video gamey and, and even worse than video gamey in some senses where you just like have to guess how much steering input because the ratio is constantly changing based on your speed. And it's like you get an aggressive tip in and then it's very weak for the rest of the rack. So it just feels unnatural. Uh, Drew, who's getting a Cybertruck, also drove it and made his reviews as well, felt the same way, um, you know, and so both he and I were like, oh, this this needs some some serious uh, calibration. Now, thankfully, everything is connected. They, they made the system safe. It works. You can go full lock at full speed and the wheels go whoop sideways pretty amazing with those little tie rods the stress they go through and they're not like any beefier than a normal one so maybe these things will blow through tie rods we'll see i don't know uh especially the way brandon and i were driving them just all over the place you know that's a lot of shock load into the system and uh but but to be honest um yeah the steer by wire is cool until you drive it hard yeah uh, I mean, I think that there's some things that we'll still see definitely change with the Cybertruck along the way, whether it's like a software update. Um, again, I think that's probably why they're starting with the employees because it's semi-prototype still. Colton, you got behind the wheel. What did you think driving it? 
when you finally got to do that. Yes. Yes. So Kyle, I do want to make a quick note that kind of reminds me of early Model S plaid days of, you know, giving input in a corner, you're just welded to the floor. So I think that'll definitely come out over software over time. I mean, Hopefully. plaid still works that way until you go into track, track mode. mode. Yes. And so exactly. will they release track mode for Cybertruck all wheel drive? Probably not. Probably just on the beast. Right. And I remember Camisa saying in Baja mode, because it's up, you know, getting a little three wheel action going if you really or two wheel. It. Yeah, exactly. Two wheel. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so I got the least amount of driving out there. I was really focused on cleaning. Um, my biggest takeaway from driving it was steer by wire, of course. I am a one-handed individual here. So I can't honestly imagine a more perfect uh, steering machine for me. I mean, I, I think the interesting thing was to get in the car with different people and for them just to get their first experience of throwing, you know, the squircle around. And it seems like a lot of people just do this and the truck's just going, Oh, hello, I'm going over there. Now I've driven a lot of rear steer vehicles, of course, being without a spec here. So this it, the feeling is very natural to me. I mean, I got in it and I'm like, oh, it's just very delicate, smooth inputs. And it feels really good when you do have to make kind of one of these abrupt things that feels unnatural for sure. I remember Brandon saying how weird it feels that like the back is drifting around. I mean, traditional rear steer stuff is I think once they crank that up to 10 degrees or whatever it may be, will be really, really cool. Now I did get to ride with Brandon as well. Um, his turboed vehicle and yeah, on the highway, Kyle noticed and asked me to make a clip about the vibrations coming through the cabin. Now I, Kyle, I believe this to be some sort of diff locker issue. Is that what you're thinking? Or are we thinking it's tire? Not exactly sure yet, but I, I, I doubt it's tire because I know the Goodyear engineers. I can ask them. I got I should text Josh and be like, dude, what's with the vibration? But uh, yeah, sorry, we have baby Eva in the house and she's <laughs> screaming. <laughs> uh, so that's Drew's daughter, for those of you who don't know. Um, yep, we're all at an Airbnb for CES. But yeah, the vibration in our truck was bad. It sounds like it wasn't as bad in your truck. Um, but uh, Brandon maybe didn't even feel anything, but you felt a little something. Is that my understanding? So I could feel it basically, you know, the, the footwell is kind of interesting. So I was sitting in the passenger front seat, had my feet planted on there, could really feel vibrations coming through there. And then down the back of the seat, I could really feel it. It was just like sitting here pulsing. We were doing between 70, 73 miles an hour. And it seemed like it would kind of go in and come out. I kind of, you know, was thinking, okay, a speed thing seems a little strange because the faster we'd go, the vibration would go away. I don't know. To me, that kind of sounds like a tire thing. I could be completely wrong, but I drive a vehicle with, you know, mud all-terrain tires and a certain resonance, I get that vibration through the whole vehicle. So, yeah, sounds like it's a lot less, a lot uh, better than our truck. Our truck would just get worse the faster we went. Oh, okay. And it would be like 90 miles an hour. You're like going down the oh, road. Wow. And you're just like, whoa. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't it wasn't unstable or unusable, but it's definitely like, okay, this thing's got to get fixed. There's no way Tesla designed it. My hands were like going numb. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And a few other takeaways, I would say headlight performance. Kyle had way more experience at night. Really, really poor. Um, Brandon and I took it out when it was I would say pouring rain pretty good. I mean, it was like 
you know, kind of getting after it. And we could like barely see the lines in front of us. Few other things. Wiper is insane on it. Um, it is really interesting how it sits in basically a horizontal position to hold water from coming up. I'd be curious to see in a torrential downpour at, you know, 50, 60 miles an hour, what that actually looks like. Uh, the camera system's strange to me how the front one has a spray nozzle, the rear one doesn't. And when you have the vault closed, you don't get your rear view mirror, but you have the camera, but it's all spotty and dirty and messy. That's going to be a massive problem here in Colorado for sure. You know, when you get all that salt build up and things like that. So yeah, I would say I didn't get a ton of time in it. I was very, very impressed with the steer by wire felt very natural to me and uh, definitely didn't do any performance driving with it, but yeah, I was really intrigued by it. Yeah, I was even so comfortable driving it down the highway that I started to zone out, totally missed all of the instructions taking us to a supercharger. And then we were at 1%. And Kyle's like, what have you well, been I doing? Well, I was sleeping. So you were driving me to a charger to do a charging test. I was trying to get a nap in. And I like wake up. And it's like, you know, the screen shows like U-turn. And it's like not even close. We're like seven miles past our exit. And it shows 0% arrival to the charger. And I'm like, Francie, what, what are you doing? Are you paying any attention? And she's just in her own little world driving the truck, has no clue that we're about to run out of charge. I mean, <laughs> don't really become no. a pilot because you'll just run people out of fuel. This is not good. Uh, planes drive themselves nowadays, fly themselves, whatever. We Aren't got there. but supposed to as well by the end of last year? It's true. We're almost there. Uh, but we got there perfectly at 0% so you could do a real charge test. So I think it was actually a great plan of mine. But um, I was thinking, like, would I buy the Cybertruck? No. I think it's a no for me. Uh, but I was thinking, okay, well, what kind of EV truck would I do? And I think I, I came up with a little Frankenstein that I want to see what y'all think about. So I really liked the sound system and the spacious interior cabin space of the Cybertruck. So I'd have that. And then I love the look and the design of the Rivian. You know, it's like, it's, it's more round. I love right, how right. here's, here's the picture what? of fancy away you know, driving the Cybertruck. Okay. <laughs> you know, on, you know, while I was waking up and then here's the, the 0% arrival to the charger after we had been driving back. <laughs> yeah. Kyle was really nice though. He was just like, okay, slow down. We got to get to the supercharger. I mean, these were the conditions we were dealing with. You really could barely see in front of the car. I mean, it was super foggy, but you're just like, no, my head was in the clouds. Literally. Yeah, literally. <laughs> literally. Okay. Back to my Frankenstein. I like the sound system, interior cabin space of the Cybertruck that I ran to 0% with the look and the design of the Rivian. I, I love the way that Rivians look. I, I like that they're kind of like camp forward or you know outdoors forward i think i don't know the battery and the range of the hummer all right and then maybe the utility of the ford f-150 lightning where they just really thought of all the really little pieces that work to really use a truck as a truck so what do y'all think about my little ev truck frankenstein nailed it i think it needs a diesel <laughs> Hell yeah, brother. <laughs> Does that thing roll cold? Oh, by the way, I have to say a huge thank you to Skyler, our, our friend who uh, from Rivian Stories. Uh, you know, we plan to run the Cybertruck out to zero and we're like, we need like a vehicle to tow this thing or tow the trailer or something. He's like, I got a diesel truck at home. You guys can do whatever you want. And so we, we ended up bringing it back to him the next day. And like, we drove that thing like a long time and the fuel gauge went like, 
And it was like a couple hundred miles. And I'm just like, damn, diesel trucks. So cool. Yeah, all this, all these electric trucks make me want is a 2500 Duramax that I can just boogie down the road for a long time. It's it's true. I mean, I think the really utility of an EV truck is mm, maybe not there. I don't know. What do you think, Brandon? About buying the Cybertruck? Yeah, would you do it? I would wait a little bit. Um, I mean, I wouldn't want the first one off the line because I know there can be issues with those ones. And honestly, I'd rather not deal with that. So I'm comfortable waiting a year. Because, you know, yeah. they might even have, you know, different improvements. Like, what they did with the Model S Plaid, they started delivering with the legacy Model S head, taillights and headlights. And then randomly, like, nine months later, they're like, all right, let's change everything up. Get more RAM, like, all, like, swivel screen all at once. And, like, I think the people that bought that nine months earlier are kind of, like, annoyed because they just missed out all those features by wait, not waiting nine months. Mm-hmm. So, I want to wait till maybe they add some more things or... I mean, the foundation series pricing just, I wouldn't say it's worth it for a regular person just to go out and buy it for that price unless you like really want it. But yeah. the regular pricing seems more competitive with other electric trucks until they start to hopefully compete down on price. I totally agree. I think there always have to be early adopters, right? But you don't yeah. have to be one if you don't want to. They're going to sell all the foundation series they make. Yeah, they are. So it'll be really cool to see how it happens. This week was really fun. I mean, we review all the EVs, but this one obviously was one that people were anticipating because it is the Tesla Cybertruck. It's just as clear as that if you're familiar with the space at all. So many people are to thank for all the stuff that we were able to do. So I'd love to do that. I mean, obviously all the Cybertruck owners, um, Skylar, like you said, Kyle, I mean, who who else? Adam with the R1T was cool. Um, yeah, thank you, Adam. We Adam was so kind, and with his, you know, shop space or his yeah, Adam's the space. nicest person. People don't realize how cool our viewers are. Uh, oh my but, gosh! But G needed a space to wrap these cyber trucks, and Adam, who's an out of spec viewer, basically said, "G, I own a storage place just outside of Austin. It's like a boat RV storage place." And he's like, "You know, I got some open units. You just go use them for as long as you want." He's just so cool. And he drove up from Houston and spent the week with us, which was awesome. And he let us rip his truck and just do, and he was always around. It was just great. I mean, I think he is really, I I just like, I'm like, okay, you got to like come to Colorado and do some more stuff with us. This dude is awesome. And same with another viewer, Matt Lynn, who is actually even thinking about maybe starting his own YouTube channel around his lightning. He was up for anything. I'm like, dude, I want to put like 10,000 pounds on the back of your truck. And then like, you know, can we do some other stuff? He's like, whatever you want to do, I'm game. I'm like, these, we have the coolest viewers. So it, it also makes our lives easier because we don't have to coordinate with manufacturers for comparison tests. We're like, if I call Ford for a lightning, they may be like, well, I think we're going to do updates soon. So can you wait? And like, I don't know. Well, and I'm like, Matt's just like, I got the truck. Let's do it. Yeah. And you know, it's just so much easier, so much nicer. Yeah. And um, certainly I'm not like, you know, it, it, it's all great in in those situations. We also had Christoph, Lars, and Betty there uh, from Germany and Switzerland joining, which was really fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, Drew came down uh, from Martian Wheels, of course, and uh, helped a ton. Stayed up in the middle of the night with me to do a range test. Oh, so much fun. Yeah, uh, uh, truly, there's a great community in the EV space. Uh, all, obviously, Out of Spec has been fostering that as well. So thank you, everyone who 
made this past week possible, who made the long hours more and more fun, and who we just got to hang out with and get to know. It it really wouldn't have been the same without you. And it's really cool to meet people who are enjoying what we're making because, uh, yeah, it just makes it that much more fruitful. So Yeah, and shout out to Andreas for driving down with me. That was really fun. Truly. The list keeps growing. I mean, I'm sure I, I get why at award shows they're like, oh, my God, I don't know who to thank. It's just... There's so no, many people that make it possible. And and everyone we talked to was just like, whatever we can do to get the Cybertruck coverage out. I mean, truly. And also thank you to the state of Texas toll roads, because I think I had the tunnel cover closed and uh, did, they don't know who to bill. <laughs> <laughs> that is a good point. Well, some Cybertruck somewhere. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, I said nice things about your toll road. Hopefully that counts as enough advertising in return. They got plenty of those. They got lots of roads out there. Lots of spaghetti junctions in Austin, Texas. Um, yeah. So yeah, like like we said, thank you everyone. Thanks y'all also for coming on late to do this Cybertruck podcast. I really appreciate it. And you were all really fun to hang out with. So thanks for being just awesome people and look forward to continuing to go on and have fun and explore and test and review in this EV space and just document all this crazy technology that's coming out there and getting us from point A to point B. Thanks oh, everyone also, for tuning in. Shout out yeah. to Robbie and James. Okay. Brandon, anyone you want to shout out? Robbie and James, my sponsor, Drive Protected. Yeah, that's pretty much it. But Hell yeah. It was a great time. It yeah, such it really a great was. Time. It was epic. So many stories. I'm sure we're forgetting other stories. Oh, yeah, I remember like Francie backing out of Ben's garage for the first time, and we're like this close to the Model X. And I'm like, okay, go forwards. And like we didn't have the mirrors dialed in or anything. And it's like it, it was yeah. pouring rain. We couldn't see a thing. Yeah, sure was. Like two hours in the middle of the night on the rooftop of that parking garage. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, there was. It was really fun. It was. It was just quite the experience. Um, so happy to do it with you all, and to have the amazing viewers and teams and you know teammates along the way. So it's really cool. And we know that there are still so many questions about the Cybertruck and EVs in general. So feel free to ask them in the comments. We're going to keep trying to address them uh, as when we can, but we don't also know everything right here, right now, but we're looking forward to get you getting you the answers in the future. So if you ask them now, you know, we're going to try to keep documenting them to, to answer them in future videos and podcasts and stuff. So thank you everyone for tuning in. Hope you found this enjoyable. It was definitely fun for us and we will see you next time on the out of spec podcast.